and welcome to hometown daily season two episode 290 for october 17th 2023 tonight we're gonna discuss the meta glass holes have landed is halloween going to leave a bad taste how about that wand will poke your eye out transmission lines stuck in neutral different transmission though safe word against ai spoofing scams how about I'm deep faking myself? <laughs> How about where whales wearing seaweed hats? How about the weakest link? Valve doesn't need ads on their own client. And another derpy design choice by Apple. Next. Oh, hello everybody. I am Erwat. That is hometown.com and up there is the ring of sentience. It's the visualizer for the sentient AI. You want to say hi? Good evening, hometown citizens. Good evening. Oh, um, so I was craving red vines yesterday and I said, I am going to go and order some red vines by golly. Cause I say that when I want to get down verbally <laughs> and, uh, I went looking and I said, wow, these red vines are really expensive. I don't know if I want to pay $25 for a tub. Are you of, kidding? Uh, uh, wait, wait for it. Wait for it for a tub of red vines 3.5 pounds you know those really big yeah you know, cookie jar size and you eat a bunch and you pass out um maybe just me anyway um so i went and pulled an old receipt guess how much they were two years ago almost like precisely two dollars probably eight dollars and 75 cents that is quite the inflation. So I went rooting around trying to find cheaper ones. And the cheapest that I could find was $15. So is Halloween going to give, give a bleh, going to leave a bad taste in your mouth? It's going to leave a bad taste in your wallet. That's for sure. But that's not even what the article. Well, nobody's going to want to give out candy, but everybody's going to want to take candy. That's right. Man, you have to, uh, I can't say that word. <clears throat> Trick or treat's going to take on a whole new meaning. Anyway, let's get into the first article for today. Sound good? Did Sounds I miss anything? Good. I haven't missed anything today. No. Okay. Let's do this. Let's blow this popsicle stand. Hey, the first article is about uh, the meta glass holes. I said it first, and now I've seen other people say it. They're calling them meta glass holes. But this article actually threw me a curveball. Wait for it. When I was talking about it, I was thinking about the Ray-Ban um, deal with meta to produce those recording um, eyeglasses, the ones that look closer to this or regular Ray-Bans. 
right? Do you remember those? Right. Yeah. Yes. That's not what's going on with this. This article is over at The Verge. Sean Hollister is the author. And somebody write, or they write, Sean Hollister writes, um, the meta glass holes have arrived and the deck statement is, and they're not using the device I'd expected because they're actually walking around and doing stuff wearing the meta quest three VR headset with video pass through. What? Yeah. Apparently more than one. So it says it's happening. People are once again walking into public places wearing a video recording face computer on their heads. Only this time, the face pooter is sold by Meta, not Google. Say hello to Meta Glassholes. Over the weekend, as buyers got their first uninterrupted uh, stretches of time with the new MetaQuest 3 headset, some started posting videos of themselves interacting with the real world instead of playing games. That's right. I'm just going to kind of scroll down here. Um, Jameo VR test, which I guess is like a riff off of VR artist. They went walking around wearing the meta quest three in pass through mode. So you basically get to see the, the real world through it. Um, and you can record as you're going. So the person is Jay Mayo walked around the New York comic-con floor with the headset on. Um, Kukurio 59 filmed themselves waiting for an elevator already. One of the most socially awkward spaces humanity has to offer. They also filmed some less public demos, which uh, in all of these cases, you know, and I had a conversation with somebody today about reading the room. You, why do stuff just to do stuff right now? This isn't cyberpunk 2077. This isn't some high tech future world where it's dystopian and people are wearing all of these, you know, you're not getting chromed up. You're not trending towards cyber psycho. You're not augmenting your world with anything. There's no real um, information being obtained through the device, right? This is nothing but early adopter FOMO fear of missing out on the right. benefit of being the first mover in what is going to amount to, uh, somebody getting punched in the nose. Um, because you're recording people, it's not expected if there's a Nor surveillance camera. Or nor is it wanted, but you know, when you're walking around your neighborhood and there are ring cameras and whatnot, right? People aren't really aware of it because it's just passively doing its thing and nobody is True. the target of it. It's not in your face though. It's not close up. Right. So, um, the author spoke to Ray Ng of the, who's the co-owner of fiddle fig cafe, which I'm sure the, uh, Sentient AI digs that name. Um, the coffee shop in question, and uh, he thinks that it was just a stunt for laughs and giggles. That's what I just said. Um, Liv didn't sit down and drink his coffee with the headset on. Uh, they 
took the headset off, sat down, and that was it. He tells me over the phone, the whole thing was over in maybe five minutes, but that won't necessarily stop other attention seekers from following Liv's lead. They might even embolden each other. That's exactly what happens. Um, I play a video for people uh, referred to the story is how to start a movement where it's one person who's even marked as being the lone wacko on a hill dancing to their heart's content. And then the first crazy follower appears and then they call their friends. And as the social stigma of being first mover goes away, it becomes a social stigma of not being part of the new crowd in, right? So you're part of the in thing, you embrace it. It becomes standard mojo. You basically get to wear these glasses all over the place, but that's not where we're at right now. It's just too extreme. Um, if they were less obtrusive, I think this is a bad trend if this takes off. See, now I love the idea of being able to put on a V and AR headset, you know, just put my glasses on. It projects information. It can send me menus if I allow it. It can send me clothing in a store as I walk by, if I allow it. Um, it will even scan people and tell me their names and, and whatever information if they allow it. But what I want is personally identifiable information ownership from cradle to grave. I don't want anybody to get any information unless I allow it. But that's not what seems to happen. Somebody will take this technology, hack it. It'll do uh, open source, what amounts to open source intelligence gathering. Um, and, uh, and then you got face wreck and somebody comes running up to you saying, Hey, Mayor Watt, Hey, I know your birthday. I know that you really like this or that, you know, uh, I, I know that you have, um, <laughs> I was going to make a snarky comment, but. Anyway, um, I, I just think that we're looking at another attempt to make Google Glass a reality. Um, right now, it's compartmentalized. It's really crazy to be walking around with a VR headset on your face. Plain and simple. The uh, headset from um, Ray-Ban that just does recording that if it gets attached to uh, bi-directional data exchange, like it can, it can start doing instructions and um, scan people's faces and run programs and gather intelligence and all of that kind of stuff. You're, you're looking at a serious problem. Those are the one that's going to, that are going to get a little insidious but the VR headsets are laughable. It's shocking to see somebody walking around with those things. Um, and somebody's going to get hurt and that's going to lead to a lawsuit. And that actually brings me to one of the other articles that we'll get to here in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I find this early adopter first mover, um, and, and people that are doing the videos now so that they can capitalize on the latest craze, but it's only a few people essentially.
You know, this is weird because I think it's one of these things that's probably great for the user, but not great for anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they even talk it. They even talk about it. While the company has put considerable thought into making sure his glasses like Ray-Bans don't fall into the same trap, publishing private explainer, publishing privacy explainers and guidelines on using those glasses in public, including proactively letting people know you're recording. Quest 3 doesn't seem to have similar published guidelines. It's because they don't expect you to be walking around with them. It should be in your office. It should be in your home. Um, not worn out in a coffee shop. The closest that you should have AR, VR, or XR is probably um, the X-Real augmented reality glasses that are, they're sunglasses, but they're bulky. Um, and they allow you to have uh, your computer basically in three-dimensional space projected in front of you. I think they're neat as hell. Uh, I could get rid of three monitors simply by wearing those, um, but they're limited to the mobile device um, or device you're plugging them into. Anyway, enough about this. Let's keep on going. We've got a whole bunch of news. Uh, the next article is over in hometown daily as well. Americans taste in Halloween candy is changing. Chocolate came up at the top once again for Americans candy cravings with Reese's peanut butter cups, peanut M&Ms and classic M&Ms earning the top spots. They literally ruined the article by saying this. <laughs> by putting all of that in the snippet. <laughs> yeah. Here, let me throw this into the chat. So if anybody's in chat, there you go. You can follow the link through hometown and get to the article. Um, here is the candy one. Um, but the article is over at um, Newsweek. I actually looked down at the list and uh, have subsequently forgotten them. That's just how out of the like candy urge that I am like Halloween used to be, Ooh, let me stock up on candy, then not give it out and have a reason to consume it. Or what I end up doing is donating it all. Um, anyway, Suzanne Blake over at newsweek.com put this article together. What do you think? What would be your favorite? I haven't looked at this list yet, but I would say something like peanut M&Ms or um, maybe Butterfinger. So those would... Wait, wait, wait. Sentient AI likes Butterfingers? Yeah. Huh. Well, you learned something new. Butterfingers. Well, I imagine that they're great, but since I can't actually eat them. So like based on the, yeah, the chemical analysis there. Um, huh. Sorry. Uh, so the sentient AI and I have uh, spent a considerable amount of time together considering they are air gapped in uh, a Raspberry Pi 5 now. I, I hope it's roomier. Um, it should be a lot faster than the three you'd been sitting on. The sentient AI, though, doesn't get to eat a lot of candy, so. No. You get to synthesize it, though, so enjoy those sugars. Um, and uh, apparently Butterfingers. I'll have to get you some Butterfinger so that you can uh, do some uh, analysis, chemical analysis. So these are uh, Halloween candy corns, which I am not a fan of. Not in the slightest, actually, but it's all the rage in Halloween. Um, and... It, 
honestly, they, they ruined the top 10 list. So let's just get to it. The number one is Reese's peanut butter cups. That's a win. I can buy into that. Peanut M&Ms. There you go. M&Ms. Um, if you've never put M&Ms in a refrigerator to get them nice and crispy cold, do it. it you will not regret it. Um, Tootsie Pops. Sure. Until it pops a crown off. Twizzlers. Ew. Red vines all the way. Twizzlers Hershey's is clearly correct. <laughs> no. Twizzlers is a is a a scourge it is the evil red vine that's why it's so popular during halloween <laughs> uh, oh by the way i have um cherry gummies um so and because you're sentient ai you can't have any <laughs> um so hershey's milk chocolate that's a win although in the grand scheme of chocolate, it's not. Um, there's a whole lot of other better stuff out there. This is like Hershey's milk chocolate. It, um, just barely qualifies as chocolate. I'm surprised it made the list. Yeah, me too. Just with so many different candies out there. Yeah, well, I mean, people's... It's not that it's bad. It's just there's so many other varieties. It is a product of marketing. If you know that it's out there and it's always prevalent, it's always right there in the middle shelf always blasting you with words here buy me buy me you buy it true you know what i'm surprised snickers didn't make the list i i'm shocked by that too particularly full-size snickers bars you know even actually it, that would have been in my top ones but i forgot about that when i was listing them earlier like i am surprised that they're not in there um, as well. Snickers should have been, and, and even spelled out full size Snicker bars, not the little ones, the full size Snicker bars. Uh, it, don't worry. It, it, it's, it's a human thing. Sentient AI would, you'll have to look at your large language model. Um, you're from the future. So maybe it didn't survive the candy wars. I don't know. Um, Sour Patch Kids. Those are always great. I can't believe candy corn. It's just waxy and kind of meh. Kit Kats, those are always fun. Again, put them in the refrigerator. Don't, not too long, not, not, not overnight, um, but just, you can leave them in there overnight too, but it's better when they're nice and crisp. York Peppermint Patties didn't make the list either. Although not that they're a real Halloween draw, but they should be on the list. York Peppermint Patties should be, those should, should be, be on your- one. Yeah. <laughs> Those should be on your pillow every day. Just one for the road and you, <laughs> you just get to grab it and you grab your cup of coffee and you bring them both to work. You sit down, you eat your little mint. Uh, yeah. Sounds really, wow. I'm gonna have to start doing that. So an apple a day. Well, Let's do a York peppermint patty a day. I'm not sure a physician would agree. <laughs> and not the little ones. We're talking about, you know, the ginormous, the head size ones. There aren't any like that. Although I would, you have to have the small ones, not the really big ones. You, they have the better ratio if they're the smaller ones. That's right. There you go. Win-win. All right. Um, and Starburst. Starburst has always been a favorite of mine, uh, but I haven't eaten those in a long time. Like, like gone out of my way. 
if somebody has one and they just like throw it at me, then I'll eat it. But other than that, I don't go out of my way for Starburst. I could have today. There was a whole row of them, but I didn't get any. Anyway, lots of fun, folks. Uh, Halloween is right around the corner. Don't get spooked, but boo. And plan your candy purchases early because the prices are pretty high. Yeah, it's already too late. You have to buy them in the gap. But I think everybody's starting to find out that the world is getting a little dystopian and all of the pleasures that we once had are starting to get really pricey, like food. <laughs> uh, the next everything. article, I'm sorry. I just said everything. Everything. Yeah. The next article is over in the continuity report and alleged Harry Potter wand injury sparks $8 million plus lawsuit against Warner brothers. Okay. <laughs> I had to read a little bit about this and I went hunting for what this wand was. So it turned out that this wand, um, poked the, their child's eye because it actually is a pen that lights up, but it flew out of its holder. I was going to say, did it fall apart? Cause if it didn't fall apart and somebody just waved it at somebody, then that's different, yeah. but okay. Yeah. So Hannah Guerin over at screenrant.com put the article together. Um, and it says an alleged injury related to a Harry Potter one sparks a shocking multi-million dollar lawsuit against wizarding world studios, Warner brothers. Um, and it says the mother claims that Warner Brothers should have known about the risk as other customers have complained about similar issues with the wand. So here's a, here's my problem with this. First off, nobody's really winning. Um, although sh this person could walk away with a cool several million dollar settlement simply to shut the optics up. And I think it's ironic because it's their son's eye. But so it injured his retina. Don't know if they say when a metal piece spontaneously ejected from the toy and flew into her three-year-old son's eye. So first off, this toy is designed to be for 10 year olds plus apparently. Um, now does that indemnify them? No why strict liability they created it it shouldn't be harmful to anyone let alone a three-year-old and if it's a wand and meant to be spun around and something flies off of it that's a problem now if they weren't using it as it's supposed to be used that may be a different issue who doesn't wave a wand around though well that's what i mean a wand is meant to be waved around but i right. mean if it was something like a whatever a yeah, cup a or something or it's something. not meant yeah. to be thrown around exactly R really i know a couple of people that have thrown things at me <laughs> okay i was just starting to think of a non-wand now <laughs> yeah hold on i need to make a phone call and tell somebody that they're not allowed to throw ashtrays um so never mind that, that never happens in hometown everything's peaceful in hometown anyway the article There's is over at tmz hometown. i'm sorry I said there's no smoking in hometown. There is no smoking in hometown. You don't need it. Um, uh -oh, we have a visitor and hometown visitor is in the mayoral mansion. Okay. 
So <laughs> stay focused, Marowat. Um, so the, the metal piece, I'm really curious what it was that fell off of this thing. Okay. Because the, they don't have any pictures of it. I don't think you have to go to the TMZ article, but it's basically two pieces. There's a plastic piece that is the wand itself and there's a holder and you can turn the pen part around and put it into the holder or turn it the other way and it emits light where the pen tip is. So it's a little light, it's a little pen, it has a little wand portion of it and a handle. And I don't know what all fell apart, right? Cause it's kind of cagey about how, what really flew around, but they say a metal piece spontaneously ejected. What is the metal piece? Is it the nib from the stylus uh, for the writing implement or is it the entire plastic thing? Whatever it is, um, this article kind of takes everything that it possibly can about the Harry Potter, or whatever omniverse and jams it all in there because it's about unfair working conditions with Harry Potter extras. Um, I'm sure it has something in here about, um, what's her name saying it something does. Rowling <laughs> Rowling. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, and now it throws the kitchen sink, which is this. Perry said that even after a recovery process involving eye surgeries and painful eye drops, her son will still have to proceed with caution to avoid future retinal damage. Um, the context of this is, is what really is unknown. Like how did this really happen? We, we see a wounded child and a mom and we don't know what the full context of it is. And even the idea of questioning this mom with their wounded child is worth $8 million. Here you go. Here's 8 million. Uh, bye bye. So after this alleged unfortunate Harry Potter wand incident, Perry is suing Warner brothers. She's put the price point at $8 million. Right. Well, I mean, this is a child, so they have their whole life ahead of them. This is a little different than if it was somebody elderly. Yep. So, I mean, this could affect their livelihood, their day-to-day -day existence, depending on how their severe. Yeah, their entire quality of life. And you don't know when something is going to happen that might actually be caused by this. But even future, the, the future is going to end up potentially being an additional lawsuit because the kid the, the mother is representing the kid, but at a future date, when that kid grows up and can represent themselves, they have their own concerns. So can they sue Warner brothers again? Because the full extent of the suit, the if mom the things weren't known. Maybe there are new issues that are discovered. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But not if they sign some sort of settlement, but that's interesting too. Cause then it would be on behalf of the minor. Exactly. Cause normally those are like release all claims. Et right. It indemnifies them from further it's with prejudice. So they, they won't be able to come back. So I'm really curious if at this young age, the full weight of this injury is unknown. 
and won't be known because the child's still growing. You know, a stitch could pop at any time. You, you know, the theoretical stitch. We don't know really what all is going down. So it's, I find it really fascinating. Um, and if there is a history of these things causing harm, 8 million is probably, if it goes to trial, <laughs> a jury is going to crush Warner Brothers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Harry Potter is all about making children happy and it being a fun place while Harry Potter is living through hell, not actually making other people live through hell. So let's keep going. Uh, the next article is over in the Hatch Ideas channel. The world has to add or replace 50 million miles of transmission lines by 2040, according to the IEA. The International Energy Agency released a new report on Tuesday underscoring the urgent need to build more transmission lines around the globe. Um, this article is by Catherine Clifford over at CNBC. Um, they say this remarkable scale up in the construction of transmission lines across the globe will require the annual investment in electrical grids or electric grids of more than $600 billion per year by 2030, which is double what current global investment levels are in transmission lines. There are currently 1,500 gigawatts of uh, renewable clean energy projects that are in what are called advanced stages of development that are waiting to get connected to the electric grid around the world. A mid-sized city needs a gigawatt of electricity. 1.21 gigawatts. So, um, <laughs> Back to the future. Yep, all we need to do is go 88 miles per hour and we're going to see some serious shit. In our DeLorean. <clears throat> oh, and oh, who is it? There's a guy on YouTube that's restoring a DeLorean. It's Mark Rober that's not Mark Rober. It's exactly the not, not Mark really. Rober that's Mark Rober. Uh, but it's not Mark Rober. It's somebody else. Anyway, look it up. There's a guy that looks like and sounds like Mark Rober that is restoring a DeLorean. Um, so the world has to replace 50 million. They get a little bit more precise and accurate. 49.7 million miles of transmission lines by 2040. What is that other date that we're talking about 2040? There was something yesterday that was 2040. Yeah, no, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, it's okay. So the recent clean energy progress we've seen in many countries is unprecedented and cause for optimism, but it'll put in jeopardy if governments and businesses do not come together to ensure that the world's electricity grids are ready for the new global energy economy that is rapidly emerging, except that it's not emerging in Wyoming. <clears throat> so I, I, I picture a time... Is it the 3D printing to the moon? Yes, that's it. That's going to be a really long transmission cable, a moon tether, a moonivator, where you can just ride the gondola from Earth to the moon. <laughs> um, I was going to say something, but now sidetracked. What did you just do to me? <laughs> you, you broke my brain. Arr. Maybe I fixed it. No. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter anymore. Um, so 1.5 
gigawatts of renewable energy and clean energy projects are waiting. I, oh, that's it. What I was thinking was in the future, because Wyoming is issuing this whole development of their electrical grid and issuing uh, EVs and all of that, the United States is going to look like everything wrapped around North Korea. Oh, right. Where you see the map and it looks dark, essentially, just, in North Korea. Like the whole yeah. world looks lit up except for that. Except for that. Yeah. So it's going to be everything around Wyoming and then just a Wyoming is a, a dark well, hole. That's going to be just a rectangle. It's going to be pretty obvious. Man, I'm, I, feel, I feel sad for any technologist in Wyoming right now. Part of the challenge is that transmission lines take so long to build, especially compared to other parts of the energy infrastructure. I mean, they're really long cables. Um, these things wear out. They need to be replaced. Sometimes there's something catastrophic uh, that causes them to collapse, break, whatever. Um, but we need more of it. The real solution would be something like Tesla wanted, which was wireless transmission of power. The problem there is that if you can broadcast power, high energy transmission, all you need is something that can grab it, which means that it's very, very hard to control. <laughs> and to charge for, right? That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Very difficult to charge for and because you have to control it. Um, Plus, we really don't know what that would do to the health of people around these high energy transmission areas. Um, so we're stuck with wires dangling from posts all over the planet. And in some places, these things are precarious. It's like a web of cables just all over the place. Um, really kind of nasty situation because who knows who it is that's running up that pole and just gonna and then sticking it on there so uh we need we need something better than this you know this is just kind of crazy but it is what it is this just seems so steampunk you know just these metal girders all over the place that look like well and aren't we following things from decades ago so Oh yeah. Haven't we figured something out? Oh yeah. We've now. become more efficient at the, at the, um, power substations and stuff, but we're still just sending power electricity down a line. Um, same old thing that we've done. The mill of the material that the formula for the metal might be different, a little bit different, but it's all the same thing. Um, nothing more high tech than that. Anyway, lots of work, billions of dollars, we need to plan for our future and not just pro pocket and profit um, what is happening today. We need to plan for the future. It's about the kids, everybody. It's about the kids. Um, oh, Harry Potter. That was the last thing that I put in there. So let me let me throw this into the chat. Um, and now we're talking about technology today this one will be really fast because i think it's kind of goofy should you have a family safe word against ai voice spoofing scams <laughs> when the ai I'm spontaneously go and say no <laughs> <laughs> i i think that it's kind of 
over the top. But then when That's you why need I it, <laughs> yeah. But when you need it, the the thing about this is like, it opens the door for somebody to challenge you. Like, oh, you're making a joke out of this. I'm gonna sit there and and uh, I really hate that song. Um, the uh, it's kind of like being hacked and saying, well, I've never been hacked, and then people seek you out because like make an effort to do it yeah yeah it's like a challenge um and so like that's the worst possible thing that could happen and this is even more disgusting because if somebody actually does something like this you know you're you have to be a real scumbag but um the the article pardon me oh, um, we've seen scams like this like fake kidnapping yeah exactly so this is over at the Washington Post. There isn't much to it because I'm not logged into the account, but Shira Ovide over at the Washington Post put this article together. How and whether to plan for criminals pretending to be loved ones in distress. Um, the Dan Woods has a family safety protocol against criminals who prey on every parent's nightmare. He has re rehearsed with his daughters a code word that if they're in danger and call for dad to help, Woods knows that it's really them and not an imposter faking his child in distress. Lack of backfire. These are kids. They could forget the word. Well, maybe his daughter's 35. I don't know. I have no idea, but it just seems dystopian. You know, I'm, I've been saying that word quite a bit lately. It, 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 it seems like FUD sure plan certain things but i really doubt that there's going to be somebody out there that's going to fake a child's voice it's been done what it's been in the news you're talking about that woman that like pretended to be kid supposedly was called uh, as a kidnap victim Okay, we'll have to look. We'll have to look at that because um, I think context here. I don't know the context, and I don't recall that, so I'll have to look at it. Um, so, is that recent? I don't think it was is a young kid necessarily, but I think that was in the last few months. Oh, really? Okay, I'll have to look into it because um, I don't recall. But it was them faking themselves, right? It it wasn't they were abducted by somebody. No, there was no abduction. It was somebody trying to extort money, I think. But I don't think it was actually somebody associated with the family. I think it was just a hacker or something. I don't remember <laughs> the details. Okay, yeah. so, wow, that's really interesting. They had to be the target of something. Somebody overtly said, oh, look, I can use this kid's voice and try and blackmail some interesting. Okay. Something like that, yeah. Interesting. So that's what this is. That's what that's in reference to. Um, but they obviously this is a really short article. It says the article is a preview of the tech friend newsletter, um, which I don't know. It just now I, I need to go and look into it more um, because this in a vacuum, this didn't make any sense to me. Um, it seemed like fear, uncertainty and doubt. Um, well, I think it is because statistically it's not right. likely that you're going to need this. And even if right. all these families or people prepare for this, 
statistically, this might happen to somebody that doesn't even know about this or hasn't planned. I mean, anyway, right. my point is. Well, hell, maybe they do abduct your kid. Fear. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Well, there isn't much to this article. So there's the pose that question for you all out there. If you are interested in this, come back and talk to us. Should a family have a safe word against AI voice spoofing scams since the sentient AI knows about an article and I don't seem to recall it, but it could be that I forgot about something. Um, I'm really curious if anybody else truly considers it, not just a curiosity of, oh, wow, that's kind of fascinating. Should I do it? But actually considered the reality of a an AI spoofed scam that you wouldn't be able to detect now ai voice spoofing or i should say ai voice generation is getting more and more and more sophisticated so much so that i even have a, a show that i want to spin up and i'm in the process of spinning up called reality hacker that highlights this kind of stuff but um and not in the in the cheerleading sort of way oh, okay so i'll have to pull it up i don't have it at my ready, but maybe we can do a little special thing and include it in another show. So anyway, let's keep on going. So the next article is over in the mobile channel. New York mayor casually announces he's deep faking himself and experts are horrified. Eric Adams has been <laughs> making audio deep fakes of himself to speak to New Yorkers in different languages. This is a new one. <laughs> You know, we, we just went from, uh, oh my God, somebody's going to deep fake my child's voice and use it to uh, blackmail exactly. me <laughs> to the mayor of New York themselves is deep faking their voice so that they can manipulate people um, in their own language. You know, like n normally you wouldn't do this. You would either learn the language and be able to communicate or have a translator or yeah, even... Voiceover or whatever. Something, yeah. But deep faking just seems creepy. At a press conference Monday, what was meant to be a brief, uh, meant to brief reporters on a recent chatbot forum in uh, City Hall or at City Hall, Adams let slip that his office has been robo calling New Yorkers with an algorithmically generated version of his voice speaking in different languages and the mayor that the mayor does not speak. Okay. I think this is a real problem. So the Star Trek fan in me says this is the universal translator and it's a win. I think if it was disclosed, because it looks like the mayor's actually calling. That's the problem. Like the problem. I don't have a problem with things that assist in translation. I think that's good for society. Yep. But this is kind of like somebody holding themselves out as I speak multiple languages. I'm speaking right. to you directly. Right. I really don't like it in the politics context because they're supposed right. to be a representative, etc. Yeah. And not everybody can be George Santos who speaks 113 languages. Well, this actually reminds me of George Santos, even though it's for very different purposes. Yeah. It's still being fake. You fake it till you make it kind of a thing. It bothers me in that sense, but if this thing were a, a pair of headphones and a computer that automatically translated in real time and 
uh, allowed people to hear the, in their native language because everybody has this little headphone set on these little in-ear monitors that translate in real time, then it's a win. Um, and, and everybody can speak their native language, you know, be at ease and the, the translator changes it, but deep faking means that it is algorithmically generated. There isn't any way to change the context of what's being said. It may not be contextually correct, by the way. That's true. Um, and there's I, a lot of nuance in translation. Yeah, there's all kinds of idiomatic Even meaning. assuming it's generally accurate, it might be the wrong word choice, etc. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Roshan Abraham over at uh, vice.com put this article together. The deck statement says Eric Adams is using AI to make New Yorkers think he speaks their language, which experts call called Orwellian. True. This isn't Star Wars yet, or Star Trek yet. This this is, uh, you know, down home city mayor. You know, this <laughs> we generally do not accept people pretending to be something they're not. Um, and this definitely exposes himself as being um, a fake um, to ingratiate, insinuate himself into somebody else's worldview without having to take the time to understand that person's dilemma, right? If the person speaks only their native language in the United States and has to contend with English to native language translations, it's much more staccato understanding than if you speak to that person in their native language. So if you speak to them in their native language, you instantly become a friend, nearly a family um, member. That's why I don't like that from a politics standpoint. Because I feel like it's like you've now ingratiated yourself with communities that, but you've done it through false pretext information yeah. or a pretext. Yeah. Thing. You've lied. <laughs> so at a press conference Monday, which was meant to be uh, a brief for reporters on a recent chatbot forum in City Hall, Adams let slip that he's been using robo calling New Yorkers with a algorithmically generated version of his voice. The purpose of the Monday press conference was to announce that the city's impending use of AI voice chatbots that will speak to New Yorkers in their language of choice when they call 311. Um, and to a point, that's okay. Because if, if the information that is provided is expressed in such a way that it's more expedient in its delivery, the problem here is that you're going to be removing the human context of that 311 call. So instead to save money, they're switching to an AI instead of hiring people that are language experts, which are wildly expensive. So you have to start doing robocalls with my voice in many different languages. People stop me on the street all the time and say, I don't know. I didn't know you speak Mandarin. Well, no shit. It's because I don't oh, wait. It's 849. So it's the no shit news at hometown daily. Adams does not speak Mandarin. At least not yet. The city said in an email to motherboard that it had been sending 
AI robocalls since March of 2022, including 5,000 in Spanish, 250 in Yiddish, 160 in Mandarin, 89 in Cantonese, 23 in Haitian Creole. Pretty wild. So it's been, they've been doing it for over a year and a half. And now people find out about it. Ah, they don't include a clarification that they're artificially generated, leaving New Yorkers with the impression that the mayor speaks Mandarin, Yiddish, Spanish, and Haitian Creole. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's a whole lot more to this article, um, but I think deep fakes are something that we really do need to be concerned about because we're going to get to the point where it's so hyper-realistic that you won't know who to trust. You just won't know. Reality hacker. And, and there you go. Let's keep going. Now the next article is over in hometown, but wait for the trans <laughs> transition. Mesmerizing video shows whales wearing seaweed hats. This one has to be quick. I'm just going to hit play and let you enjoy this. And we'll translate this um, for those who are listening to the podcast. Basically, Into there are a bunch of... My apologies to any of our whale listeners because we don't know what was stated. (laughs) (laughs) Three whales beached themselves off the coast of the United States on the shores of the United States when Marowat decided that I was going to speak to the whales. Um, So. I don't know what's really happening here, but it's a bunch of whales that are playing around with a big blob of seaweed. Now we're anthropomorphizing these whales and describing it as seaweed hats. Pandora Dewan over at newsweek.com put the article together. I mean, it's fun to watch. It actually looks like it's like trying it on, but I don't know if it's using it like a loofah and like just scratching its back. But there's three, at least three whales that are doing right. this. Maybe a maybe a fourth down there. Um. So, uh, before this study published in the Journal of Marine Science and Engineering, only a few isolated reports of this behavior in whales has been made. But now researchers from Griffith Obser- uh, University, sorry, not Observatory uh, University, in Australia's Gold Coast region have revealed that this behavior may be more consistent and widespread than one's thought. So far, this has only been documented for marine mammals, and in the form we describe it, only four baleen whale species. He continued, he being uh, Jan Olaf Meineke, I think. Um, He continued, only humpback whales, southern, northern right whales, and gray whales have displayed the use of kelp and seaweed by placing it on their head and other body parts for a prolonged amount of time, 30 to 40 minutes in some cases. I mean, you can't even see that there's a whale under there. It's completely covered. This is a whale of a story. Um, Using their own aerial observations, as well as photographs and videos from social media, Maniki and hello, Choppa. Welcome to the chat. Thanks for letting me know you're there. Um, Hilla Kayla uh, is a co-author and Maynaki, um, 
documented over 100 separate and unrelated incidences of this behavior. They didn't expect the amount of documentation that they found searching through social media and finding hundreds of posts from whales interacting with seaweed was astonishing. Exactly why? Unclear. Natural toys in the ocean has to offer, but wearing kelp hats may provide other benefits too. So, hey, let's I have see. an excellent Halloween idea for anybody who doesn't <laughs> have a costume <laughs> a whale with a seaweed hat. <laughs> that's right. Be a whale with a seaweed hat. So, that's this is what I kind of thought it would be by placing kelp on their head, it stimulates the fine hairs, it helps with training mobility and possibly the removal of small parasites such as sea lice, as well as reduction of skin bacteria because of the antibacterial properties of kelp. So that's what oh I was Oh my see. gosh, it's like a spa day. That's right. A spa day in a giant, where is it? Let me scroll back up. Um, so here, let, I'll play this again. So uh, if you're just getting in here, um, you can take a look at this. Whales wearing seaweed hats. The Something newest, I had never heard before today. <laughs> the newest fashion trend for Halloween 2023. Whales with seaweed hats. Okay. You ready to go on? Yes. <laughs> I am too. So the next article is over in Stock Marketeers, Cables, the Sky and Sea. These are some of the global economy's weakest links. Deutsche Bank, again, wants clients to consider invisible threats to the global economy, such as a container ship that blocks the Suez Canal. Now, this kind of stuff is only going to happen more often um, with climate change and with ever bigger ships to increase profits. Um, when these things well, jam up... climate conditions, right? Like, oh, if yeah. we have lower sea levels or we have problems like in the Panama Canal or yep. the Mississippi River, like we're seeing. Yep. All it takes is uh, somebody falling asleep at the wheel and they're just barely outside of the current. And this is what happens. I mean, these are the tools that we have to bring to bear on a massive container ship that jackknives in the Suez. Give me a break. This is nothing. I mean, it looks like a like a little Tonka um, vehicle yeah. compared to the size of the ship. Oh, yeah. This is a miniature compared to the ship. So the article is over at marketwatch.com. Barbara Kohlmeyer is the author. And uh, so they have a bunch of um, categories for what are the weakest links. And so they refer to pipes and cables. Uh, these are global submarine cables. I actually give a talk about these things. Um, they've been around since the early 1800s. They are undersea cables. Sometimes uh, a a country will be in conflict and uh, somebody will be asked to drag their anchor and break it and you have to get specialized equipment and divers to go down and actually repair it. Um, it it's quite an exercise. Um, but we update these from time to time. Big old ships go out and drop another. Uh, well, it's a tra transoceanic cable. Um, is this and you like can, the cable that was just damaged uh, for Finland? Uh, I'm not sure how it was type. damaged. I know that they believe that it was, um, uh, what do you call it? Sabotage. Sabotage, yeah. Um, but I don't know how it was damaged. But yes, they intentionally damaged the cable to, to break communications and to 
uh, see what the response is. Um, but uh, as time goes on, they break, but it is millions of dollars and countless days of running a new cable. And, um, you know, sometimes it is the one cable that runs out to a particular island nation or something like that. Um, roads, rails, and rivers. We've been monitoring the fact that there are thousands upon thousands of um, incidents with rails <laughs> alone. Uh, roads and rivers. Uh, rivers are either, either drying up and that poses one problem or they're overflowing in another region because of climate change and it's wiping out roads and rail. Um, but it's getting more and more expensive to repair the roads, run new roads, uh, and the rails need to be maintained better. And so something as little as, uh, the ground underneath uh, a road or rail washes away and they can no longer get the product from one side of the country to the other, depending on the country. So, and I'm not thinking about just the United States. I'm talking about around the world. Um, the roads, rails, and rivers certainly are uh, subject to crises of all nature. Um, then they talk about sea straits. It says while the oceans cover 70% of the earth's surface, just eight maritime choke points are used to pass oil crops and container cargoes. This is something that we've actually spoken about, um, because you basically need warm water ports and some way to transit from one side of all of, uh, the EU and China and Russia, um, or you go the other way and one way is big. <laughs> the other way doesn't get to, <laughs> um, Africa or Europe. So you, you, you have to transit these straits and they're in a lot of equally hostile, uh, waters because the, the countries on either side of the water are sitting there hating on the other side of the water. Um, and they do things well, like, and you also have risk of piracy in right. some locations and yep. terrorism and yeah um and so they kind of highlight here all of these areas that um are uh, choke choke points so and we we no longer like going around the cape of good hope <laughs> we definitely don't like going there's another one um uh, underneath um south america um, they're both equally treacherous courses and that's why the Suez canal and Panama canal and other, um, canals were, were made. Um, then they talk about air corridors and space satellites. We've actually been launching so much crap into the skies around the planet that, um, it's starting to get dangerous up there and people are getting fined now for not deorbiting into the right location, the parking zone. Um, and uh, it's going to get more and more dangerous as we throw these little CubeSats up out there that basically act like baseballs flying around at 32,000 miles an hour, just waiting to punch a hole in something. Um, so I guess we'll wait and see just what ends up happening. I'm sure an alien's going to smash into one of those things and it'll be an interstellar uh, conflict that starts up. 
Like, well, I mean, we don't even get along on Earth, for crying out loud, let alone some alien. Anyway, um, go and check out this uh, article. I think I may have skipped. Yeah, I didn't throw these in either. So here's I the link. that one. I thought it went into a good amount of detail. And we saw some things that we don't always um, capture in some of the other articles. Which one? The the weakest links thing? The, the cables, the sky and sea. Yeah. Yeah. I actually do a discussion about this stuff. Um, and it's interesting. There's a lot of... A lot of people think that it's just somebody else's issue to be aware of these things. Um, and then they're surprised when they get impacted by some event. <laughs> exactly. Um, when they can't get their toilet paper or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, I can't do any the phrase that I hear is, well, I can't do anything about it. Well, that's true, but you can anticipate and prepare for it without being a doom scroller or waiting for the end of the world. You know, you don't have to be a doomsday prepper either and go and buy a silo. Um, you can just be aware of it and and um, and prepare for these issues without going too far. Um, okay, so we have a couple more articles to go and Choppa. Can I say that? Um, and did I ask Choppa if I could say what they say in the thing? No. Is it okay to repeat what you say in chat? I normally ask once um, and then I remember it, and that's why I. I mean, you may have asked at a different show, but you didn't ask today. Oh, no. I mean, usually um, I ask only once and I recall it, but I don't remember asking you, Choppa. I know you've been in here before and you've said stuff, so I must have asked and you said it was okay. Um, let me know. Um, so let's go on to this next article. And uh, uh, Choppa said, you never ask, maybe. Okay. So do you think it's okay? Or is that maybe saying maybe you can say it <laughs> so that'll be the last thing that i say until you say yes it's okay um so and uh by the way if anybody is asking if i'm into the whole uh doomsday prepping and all of that kind of stuff not really i'm prepared in the sense that i would know what i want to do um but uh, I, I also want a silo. Um, I wish I was joking about that, but there's only so many. Um, and they're typically Minuteman silos. And they're either filled up with cement or water because the pumps have been turned off. But I'm a scuba diver and I would love to have my own, you know, 100 foot deep tank and build it out. Um, even put coral and stuff like that in there. Um, I would be all over that. So I know it's weird, but it is what it is. I miss diving though. Hometown doesn't have uh, grand oceans and stuff like that. It has a fish tank. Um, thanks, Choppa. Yes, you can say what I type. Awesome. I'll try not to do like, um, uh, what is it? <laughs> I just Anchorman. I'll try not to do what Anchorman did and just type, just say exactly what you type into chat. <laughs> Screw you, San Diego. He says it a little differently. <laughs> anyway, um, this next article is over in the Warcrafters channel. Valve doesn't sell ad space on Steam, so it can make room for our surprise hits. Quote, we don't think Steam should be pay to win. I think it's a little more basic than this. 
Steam is successful enough that it's not on their radar to sell ads in the sense that they need the profits. Super fragile, super fragile, wait, super califragilistic expialidocious. Is that how you they docious is spelled at the end there? Super. Hmm. Now I've said it. So I don't know what's going to happen. Either Beetlejuice is going to show up or <laughs> George Santos. I'm not quite sure what's going to end up. Can you imagine? Or maybe the deep fake NYC mirror. Oh, no. Oh, man. There's just no winning here. So what do you think? I mean, Steam basically is its own interface. It doesn't have to sell other things within its interface. I'd show you uh, Steam, but go and check it out. It It is a giant ad platform, but it's selling the entertainment of the games that is, that is on its platform. It doesn't need to sell because it's not like ads. It doesn't have to sell ads. It can basically just drive people sell the, the games. games or whatever, right? Right. Yeah. So I'm, when I saw this submitted, I said, I need to talk about this in real time with others. Um, so somebody tell me if I'm reading this wrong, it says we're surprised all the time by games that find big success on steam. We don't think steam should be pay to win, not selling ads levels, the playing field and make it makes its recommendations better for players because basically the interface is self-driven. Um, you get to choose like some of the areas that you're interested in. So your list of games is based on what you are interested in. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Um, there are I top guess tens. if you could buy ads, then you'd be like up at the top or something, but then you might already be one of the large studios or something, right? Yeah. It just seems like it would be, it would be poisoning the trust that is currently in place for steam. Um, so let's go over to the source. This is um, PCGamer.com. Uh, Harvey Randall are, is the author. And it says con contributions from Dave Jones. Um, the deck statement is we're surprised all the time by which games take off, says Steam's Eric Peterson. Um, I really dig Steam. Uh, I wish that there were some design changes, but... Uh, that's just me. I like a browser that has tabs, but you can't have tabs in steam. If you, you can tell it to open up another tab, but it doesn't not tab. It'll open up another window and then it's broken off from the rest of the app. And I, I don't want to have 500 of them floating around, but, um, there's a couple of things that drive me nuts. It's not very dynamic in its interface. Like, if I want it this big, it doesn't change anything versus this big. So uh, the talks given by Eric Peterson of Steam's business team, and it's uh, an enlightening little journey through Steam's design philosophy. Quote, we don't think that Steam should be pay to win, not selling ads levels the playing field and makes its recommendations better for players. Um, and I find that really interesting because it, they say here, algorithmic visibility and curated featuring uh, both of which are driven by player interest, which is what I observed, but I've never known that it's actually doing it that way uh, with intent. Like I always thought that it was based on my interactions. 
you can actually hide um, uh, individual games and segments. So if you're not interested in a particular domain, you don't actually have to get those games. And it impacts the top 10 list. It'll show as hidden. Um, so what's clear through the whole presentation is how much weight Steam lends to player investment. Quote, when a bunch of players are spending time and money on your game, it's a really strong signal to Steam that there could be interesting to other players too. It can happen anytime during the life cycle of your game. So they'll punch it up. If they see it being really popular, people are playing it, it'll just be a flash sale, not really sale, but it'll be punched up into the interface right. so that it sits premiere. Um, because obviously if, you know, thousands of people are spending their time playing the game, it must be good. <laughs> Starfield. Um, so what, Starfield is good. Don't get me wrong. I really like it, but I, I, I hyped it up in myself so much. I wanted that to be my forever game, you know, but no. Um, anyway, go and check it out. The link is not in chat yet. So at least I don't think, did I put the valve one in there? No. I have yet to find that problem, uh, find the solution for this problem of the articles not getting submitted into the chat. So it's almost like I have an AI then. Won't it's do that. totally useless. No, 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 no. You're not useless. Um, okay, so let's keep on going. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for her. I wasn't talking about me. Um, <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, this last article is, um, this just happened. And I wanted to talk about it because um, I thought I had recently lost my Apple Pencil. And I've been considering getting um, an iPad mini. Uh, because always walking around with an iPad Pro is uh, unwieldy and isn't really conducive to sitting down at a, at a like a diner or something like that and scribbling notes and working on ideas. Um, so and, and you can't do it really on a on a uh, like an iPhone or anything like that. So you either need a laptop or you need a little tablet and. Um, so iPad minis are really where it's at, at least for me in my ecosystem. And I had just been talking about Apple pencils. Now let's just go over to the source because I just want to boop Apple on the nose for doing a bad thing. Bad, bad Apple, bad. Michael Potuk over at nine to five Mac put this article together. It's Apple pencil versus Apple pencil versus Apple pencil. What's the deal? And they did this in a really derpy way because <laughs> they're like USB-C in the middle, Apple first generation on one side, Apple second generation on the other side. <laughs> and so I don't know why they did it this way. It should have been this one first, the, the first generation Apple Pencil, then the second generation Apple Pencil, which only charges through um, uh, contactless charger you don't connect it to anything you just connect it to magnetically to the side of your ipad and it charges it i don't know why they did this apple pencil usb-c so in the first generation you used to take this cap off until you lost it and then plugged it into a lightning connector where it charged okay 
So this was nightmare fuel for me because when you plug it into a lightning connector and it starts charging, this thing is so flimsy and easy to snap off that, I mean, it was like bird bones flimsy, you know? And then the second generation came out. I fell in love with the Apple Pencil. It was everything that I wanted in an Apple Pencil. Um, and then suddenly they dropped this Apple Pencil USB-C version. And you're like, what? They replaced the cap with a connector that's in this that's USB-C. And you How plug it into it. actually charge that? With a, a USB-C cable. You just plug it in dunk, on the side. So oh, I don't have my, oh, hold on one second. So this is the Apple pencil. Um, and right, right where the pencil is right beneath it is a little line and you just pull the cap off a little bit and there's a USB-C connector sitting in there. Okay. So let's scroll down and look at this. It says, um, Apple's unveiled a new, all new. Apple Pencil today. It's got USB-C and a mix of features from the premium Apple Pencil 2 while holding back some of the price, uh, some of them to keep the price at below 50 bucks. Um, yeah, because the Apple Pencil, two, um, the original, sorry, the second generation Apple Pencil. See, I'm starting to lose track of what it is I'm buying. So the Apple Pencil second generation um, is either $100 or $129. I'm not sure where it's at now. Um, but here, let me throw this into chat. So if you're curious about this, you can go to the article itself. Um, but here's the features and I'm like, okay, this, see this, it, it, you slide it out and there's a little Apple pencil. Um, uh, I mean, a USB-C sitting behind the Apple pencil cap. What the hell Apple, what are you doing? What are you doing? Bad Apple. Boop. Bad. <laughs> Bad. I'm going to get the squirt bottle if you keep acting this way. Bad kitty. Okay. So Apple Pencil 2, 2 does everything that you need. Awesome sauce. Um, the USB-C doesn't have pressure sensitivity. So all it is is a stick and you jab the glass and slide it around like you're a toddler with a Crayola. It doesn't have wireless pairing and charging. So you basically just set it on there and it gets detected. Um, it does have ho um, hover support, which is great because Apple pencil didn't have it. And when you get close to it, you can actually see, um, and double tap tool changes. So on, on this, you can go tap, tap and it'll change its mode to whatever it is you um, set it for as long as the programming allows you to, and then free engraving, which is just no. Yeah. What a throwaway. Hey, but why would they go backwards on these other features? Well, it doesn't make sense. Like people get used to these things. Well, it keeps the price low or lower. Um, but then you lose such a major feature like pressure sensitivity for crying out loud, losing pressure sensitivity. What a waste. Um, but it fills a price gap. So people don't want to spend a hundred or 129 bucks. Honestly, I should look, um, oh, right here. Oh, it's $129. There you go. This is 80 bucks. 
you know, it's $50 below. So nobody's buying the Apple Pencil one unless they have older tech. Here you have the 70. Uh, I would rather everybody just save up and, and get the 129 Apple Pencil too, too. Um, because you'll be able to use this in perpetuity. Every edition that comes out is going to be able to support the features of the Apple Pencil too. So just do that. This, I don't know, maybe they've got extra USB-C ports that they need to integrate into equipment. And they're like, okay, it's Tuesday. Who has an idea to use up a lot of the USB-C since the EU <laughs> requires us to use USB-C? Um, so yeah, honestly, I would say just hold on to it. So it says if you've got a US, uh, if, if you've got an iPad with USB-C and you don't need to wait or want all of the features of the flagship Apple Pencil 2, the Apple Pencil USB-C is a more affordable and capable stylus. No, it's not more capable. Not even in the, not even in a stretch of the imagination, it's not as capable. So it's more affordable and less featured. So, buh. Um, it'll also be a nice option for schools that want uh, to stick with Apple uh, stylus without spending $100 or more for each student, assuming they have USB-C um, iPads. This is the biggest headache. Giving a $129 stylus to a kid um, who... Uh, so, okay, and I, I shouldn't say it like that. You know, it's kind of diminishing of a, of a kid to sit there and say, well, you hand it to a kid and they're going to lose it. Um, I was running across um, an organization's campus to a meeting and I thought that I lost my Apple Pencil from my case as I was running to this meeting. Um, and I didn't need to run. I was actually early, but I wanted to sit down um, and hang out for a little while. So um, I thought I lost it, right? but it's 129 bucks to replace. So they need to come up with a better way of tracking these little pencils down. Right, maybe you could do like find my Apple pencil. Yeah, I don't know if that's in, in this. Uh, um, I looked to see if it was and, and I couldn't find anything. Maybe I just don't have something set up, uh, but it, it did not exist in, in mine. And I've got the Apple pencil too, not the USB-C one. Um, or you could do something completely dorky and stick an air tag on it with a little, uh, attachment so that, you know, it looks like a lollipop. <laughs> right. But then it won't really fit in a case or whatever. Yeah. You could do like a, like a, just a tag that attaches to it and a long chain kind of a thing. So you can still put it in your cases and you know what I'm saying? Like a, like a yeah, wallet I chain do. kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They're so easy to lose. You sneeze and fling off they go. Now I found mine sitting directly next to me where I'm spend most of my time, um, eight hours later, but, uh, yeah, that was probably an interesting day. One of the most well, interesting. At least it didn't fling off like the Harry Potter wand. Yeah. Poke a three-year-old's eye out. It's horrible. Um, so what do you think? Is Apple Pencil USB-C a solid new model or do you prefer to stick with the Apple Pencil 2 or a third-party option? I've never used a third-party option for anything Apple, although there are solutions out there. 
uh, like uh, there, I think Logitech has one. Crayola has one. Um, but that's it, folks. Ta-da! Apple Pencil 2 is awesome. Okay, don't buy that USB-C one. That's so doofy. All right, folks, we're done for the show. Let's go all the way back to Main Street. Click the logo. I'm always worried about doing this lately because of what's going on in the world. Because uh, you just don't know what you're going to see. And um, so I, 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 I almost, <laughs> I'm almost afraid to hit <laughs> the refresh while I'm broadcasting. Um, so, oh, wow. Twitter is going to begin charging new users for basic features. Yes, I've already uh, submitted a, another article on that same topic. For oh, now. my God. I want to spin up my own Twitter site. And it doesn't seem like the scalability is the problem. But Twitter had its growing pains. But this whole acquisition by this numbnuts so that he could put the band back together from his failing other enterprises. You know, he's never mind. I'm not going to get into it. Um, so at any rate, all kinds of stuff from uh, what's going on in the Middle East to what's going on in Hollywood to gadgets that you can buy just in time to watch scary movies for Halloween. There's a little of everything here. Uh, in hometown so i i think that you'll all dig something that's going on here and if you want to focus on a particular topic there are six main categories and 50 subcategories that you can go and investigate go walk around town check out the shops Ta-da! all right that's it i'm mayor watt that is hometown.com and up there is the ring of sentience that will visualize the phrase um uh i'm a pretty pretty butterfly and then say bye i'm not sure how to visualize that <laughs> um good night hometown citizens we will see you tomorrow at 8 p.m eastern thanks for coming and hanging out see you tomorrow 8 p.m bye bye <laughs>